Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I'd just like to thank the following Tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one. Some deals come at too high a price. Written by Admiral Marsupial Three. Humans were fucking scum. Ler had led New Freaky for 30 years. He had helped build it up from the original exploration hamps built when the first 60 settlers had originally landed to the successful frontier colony it was today. And those despicable Terran bastards were going to destroy everything. When the pirate raid started in this sector of space, it wasn't the first time. People in the frontier systems were used to this and the new Freddy had to repel raiding parties on a monthly basis. As much as they wanted to move away from the constrictive rules of the core worlds, it also meant that they couldn't rely on speedy rescue threatened. These pirates, however, were unlike anything they'd ever encountered in the frontier worlds. They were much better organized, exponentially more violent, and tactically outmaneuvered every security team and local militia they came across. Even the core world-equipped peacekeepers were unable to catch them. The Fragi's defenses would be no match for them, but it was Versa's personal weakness, not that of the colony's weapons that had been his undoing. He had heard the raids on other colonies, the lightning-quick strikes that rained death and destruction before defenses could be raised, and of the burned-out and looted ghost colonies they left behind if anyone dared to fight back. So when the pirate leader, a human named Gordon, had offered him a way to avoid a fate with those other colonies, so long as they handed over their weapons and paid him tribute, Burr took it. He remembered the first conversation with Gordon, when he foolishly asked how his band had gotten so powerful, when he learned the depth of human depravity. Unlike the pirates you normally deal with, I am not some outcast trying to scrape an existence outside of civilization. I was actually very well respected back home. I was high-performing and successful at school. I enlisted in the military and excelled there too. Then, when I left, I became a successful businessman. No, I don't do this out of desperation. I do this because I can make a crap ton of money. And to be honest, I fucking enjoy it. There was not a man he wanted to confront right now. When Gordon returned, there was an undercover peacekeeper unit stationed on his colony. It couldn't have been better timing. If Gordon didn't notice them when he landed, he could signal them after he had disembarked and rid the sector of these vile pirates. Even they couldn't face down a peacekeeper unit head-on unprepared. That's when Ver learned just how fecked he was. The pirates landed, apparently unaware of the trap that they had landed in. When Gordon visited his office, Ver was happy, blissful, in his ignorance of what was to come. 
He took a great satisfaction in telling him he wouldn't get his tribute this time, and telling him that he was going to signal the undercover peacekeepers he hadn't spotted, and his only chance of survival would be to surrender. Then his world fell apart. I'm perfectly aware of the peacekeepers at your colony. Do you honestly think that I've gotten this successful by not knowing where they are at all times? They can't help you, because you won't call them. And why wouldn't I call them? Because after they arrest me, they'll search my ship. In there, they'll find the very weapons we used to slaughter an entire town of 2,000 people just a month ago. Weapons you supplied us with. They will find our logs and see that we've destroyed two other raiding parties that were coming to your colony, which we have logged as a service that you willingly paid for. You won't call them, because you and everyone who was involved in our deal will be executed right alongside me if you do. Ver felt like the ground had disappeared underneath him. Not only was he under the thumb of violent criminals, but he couldn't even ask for help without leading it to both his death and that of all his friends who'd helped put together the tribute demand last time. Don't get any ideas again, Ver. I fecking own you and your crappy little backwater colony. For two years, this continued. His once-thriving colony was now living in poverty, every spare credit and resource taken as tribute. When Gord had visited this time, he saw that confident smile on Ver's face again and reminded him of what would happen if he stepped out of line. This time, Ver didn't back down. When I first met you, couldn't believe such an evil and malevolent race could exist. Once, I respected successful people would choose life of crime and violence for their own sick pleasure. Gordon's cold exterior changed to a more predatory and sinister one. You've had a good burr. You really don't want to know us humans are really capable of. Even with the situation changed as it was, Burr felt a chill down his spine. However, he composed himself and continued. Actually, I have a much better idea of what your people are capable of than you think. You see, your intimidation and blackmail are something that we were not prepared for. You had us trapped because all the beekeepers reached rules and consequences to us. Luckily, other humans are much more forgiving in this regard, and I've never realized how personally other human military personnel would take your actions. You may have had me living in fear for the last two years, but no terror you have ever made me feel could come close of hatred in his eyes when I told him your history. If you so much as reach for your gun or raise one hand against me or anyone else in this colony, I press a button, and well, you know what your people are truly capable of when given a good enough reason. For the first time, Ver saw Gordon's controlled exterior truly slip as he almost growled in response. You think this is over? I may not be able to hurt you now, but if you press that button, I have one I can press too. If I do, my associates will arrange for you to be skinned alive and your wife and daughter made the personal playthings of the most vile, disgusting being that we can find to take them. So before you press that button, ask yourself, is that what you want? 
What I want is to visit my new Terran Frontier colony a couple systems over, specifically to watch them cut off your head and stick it on a pike as a warning for ten generations of other humans like you. That some crimes can't be ignored, even by your own kind. I want to look up into your dead eyes and wave like this. Can your associates arrange that for me, Gordon? Before Gordon could reply, he felt a powerful, trained arm slip around his neck as another hidden human slipped out of the shadows to pin his arms before he could send any signal. Not that would do any good. The last of his crew had been killed by the other humans two minutes earlier. Even as Gordon attempted to struggle, he knew from his own training that it was over. Ver would get what he wanted. End of story. Story number two. All Systems Diplomacy. A memo from the Far Asian Diplomatic Corps. Written by Apophis Pegasus. Good day, members of the Far Asian Diplomatic Corps. As you may have heard, the Galactic Community is welcoming a new species into our fold, known as humanity. As you've also heard, humans are currently on record as the closest sapient race to resemble Phoracians in body layout and physiology in the known galaxy. This little happenstance of fate has clearly excited many of our populace, given our extreme gender imbalance. And we at the core would like to remind you that we are professionals, and hopefully no better than to behave like we're youngins at university even when fraternizing. However, just to be sure that we're all compiling a list of rules and guidelines in order to facilitate smooth diplomatic operations and increase public awareness, especially since I have it on good word that Lady Elvea is on the prowl, and I quote, If those bushtowls in the core cacked this up, I'll have them all publicly executed. We think she's kidding. But let's take the initiative, huh? Now, rule one. Humans publicly signify bondage, not the fun kind, the other kind, with a ring on one of their fingers. If you see a ring on the male's hand, disengage all interest immediately. The male will not be enthused most, most of the time. And human women are small, but they do pack a big punch. Rule two. Recently, humans have adopted a nonsensical pastime known as FTL drag racing. If a rickety human vessel draped in gaudy colors comes you, asking to see what your ship's got, decline. We will not be complicit in some human dying in a fusion explosion. Rule 3. After learning about our fur, some human children may express the desire to pet you. This appears to be an innocent curiosity. Before, some human adults may also desire to pet you. This curiosity's innocence is nebulous. Rule 5. We are proud to offer our military aid to our human allies, especially against acts of piracy. But upon being asked, how can we repay you? Pointing at one of the crew and going, with him, is considered rude, even in jest. Rule 5.5. With her, it's also similarly unacceptable. Rule 5.55. It does not matter if they agree to come. Did you not hear what Lady Avaya said? Rule 6. In the interest of galactic safety, 
we are no longer going to be teaching humans temporal physics theory. Their notion of don't do this apparently includes an unless and always attached to it. Rule 7. Art, institutions, and Phrasia and Earth are engaging in cultural exchange, an act we find excellent. However, it would be better if members of the Phrasian School of Art and Design actually painted their human male life models instead of gawking at them. Rule 8. The human group known as Weaboos are classified under recommended avoidance until further notice. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.